This is Xavier Rose, you listen to the Rawcast, hosted by Wabi. Hey everyone, welcome back to another edition of the Wobcast. I'm your host, Mike Wobshell, inside TCO Studios at Winter Park, joined as always by the co-host and producer of the Wobcast, Chris Corso, and a special guest for today, it's writer and editor at the Vikings Entertainment Network, Craig Peters. We have a triumvirate here for you to talk about the Vikings. Yeah, it's the offseason, but there's lots to get to. And the busy offseason circuit that we go through every single year technically is already kicked off, but it swings into full gear very soon as we're getting prepared to head to Indianapolis to cover the NFL Scouting Combine. So lots has happened since the last time uh, we had a Wobcast, including the hiring of a new offensive coordinator, Chris Corso. That's right. A big hiring. We, last week we kind of briefly talked about it before we were, we were about to make the hire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer head, headed down to uh, Philadelphia to interview John Filippo, mm-hmm. and he's the quarterback's coach for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles last season, and he was celebrating a – yeah. Super Bowl victory. Yeah. And in that same day of the parade, he he speaks with our guys and Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman, yeah. and, and he's the offensive coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings yeah. in that day. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So we're going to talk about um, – everyone calls him Flip. I don't know if that's going to stick here or not. We'll, we'll talk about that and much more uh, on John D. Filippo. Um, we'll also – Go to the mailbag, and we'll do some fan mail. We'll hear from our friends at Good Morning Football. We will review and talk about the list of impending free agents for the Minnesota Vikings and lots more. But before we get to that, some news and notes headlined by Filippo, Chris. Yeah, just looking at some of the stats from last year, he, he really had a great year. That entire offense had a great year. Um, he spent two seasons with the Eagles as quarterback's coach after spending the previous season as the offensive coordinator uh, in Cleveland for the Cleveland Browns. Um, he helped second-year quarterback Carson Wentz reach his superstar potential, that's for sure. And and then, of course, Nick Foles, the performance, the three games that he had, leading yeah. them to pretty much one of the best runs in postseason history for a right. quarterback, especially coming in when he did. Yeah. Um, dis- despite only playing 13 games for Carson Wentz, uh, he suffered a season-ending en- ACL injury there. But he still had 33 touchdowns, which is the most in franchise history for a quarterback in that many games. Mm-hmm. Um, a 101 passer rating, which is the third highest in franchise history. This is all in Filippo's room. So. Yeah. And then he goes on to direct Foles to three games where he had 971 passing yards, six touchdowns, one interception, and obviously the Super Bowl MVP there. So, I mean, there's not much more to say than – he guided probably the, the most successful offense yeah. in that position, I mean, as good as it gets. So. Yep. I think, um, you know, and this is where we're going to bring Craig in, and the three of us are going to talk this Filippo thing over. I think um, I'm excited about it. I, we're all going to say we're excited about it. I mean, this is a Vikings podcast, so, like, we're all happy that Filippo is here. Um, but let, let's talk about maybe your 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 thing with him, why you are excited about him being here. Um, you know, I, I think for me, I love that, you know, I think he's, if you look at the last couple of offensive coordinators, you know, it was Zim got here and hired Norv, right. To be the Mm -hmm. offensive coordinator Mm -hmm. and Shermer was on the staff. And then 
when Norv was no longer the offensive coordinator, it was someone from within. It was Shermer. It was someone from within the building. Yep. This is someone from outside the building. So now sure. it's fresh ideas. And it's not throw everything out the window because Filippo mm-hmm. has been around the league. He's jumped from team to team. He was with Oakland, um, Cleveland, Philadelphia. So he, he's going to be like, here are all the things I see you guys are doing well. So we're going to keep doing those things. But we're also going to do these six other things that I really like to do. So you're going to see a fresh approach, I think. Next season on offense, For sure. I think it will be a little more aggressive. Now, aggressive does not always mean good, even though it's a positive, um, it's a positive trait. I think for fans, they always want to be aggressive. Yeah. Aggressive is not always good, but I think that De Filippo will bring some aggressiveness. I believe the Browns led the NFL in fourth down conversion attempts when he was their offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. and the Eagles led the NFL in fourth down conversion attempts last year when yeah. he was a quarterback. Seventeen coach. to twenty-six. Uh, actually, looked up some numbers in preparing for my my Super Bowl fifty-two game day assignment, mm-hmm. but uh, fourteen of sixteen conversions were uh, fourth and one or two. Okay, uh, third and five to to get the sticks. Two for four, and then uh, six to ten plus one of six. So they were aggressive, but they were also playing percentages. Right. And uh, I think that there's a lot to be said for that, knowing uh, when you do have a really good uh, play or look against that. Yeah, and so I think to kind of wrap up um, my my one thing that I'm really happy about with DiFilippo, the – um, the new school approach, which I'm, I'm an old soul and I'm old school, so I don't think new school is always better. But I think that he's going to bring the right blend of it to complement Zimmer. You know, and I look at when, when we are on defense and we're playing an offense that's pretty good, and I think the Vikings offense you could characterize as pretty good or, mm-hmm. or better than that. When we are on defense and it's fourth and two and they go for it, I'm like, dang, I wish I, you know, I wish they wouldn't go for it because they're probably going to get it. It's only two yards. Yeah. So I think we're going to be that team that's doing that to other defenses, and we're going to extend drives. And we always talk about how we got to get our defense some rest. We can't – and, like, if you convert on fourth down, you're going to give your defense three more plays, which is probably another three minutes or two and a half minutes of rest. So I really like um, that potential element of Filippo coming to Minnesota is, um, you know, that, that – less risk-averse approach to offensive play calling because I think the NFL is so risk-averse. Um, the coaches are in the play calling, and I think DeFilippo is is counter to that. So I'm very excited about that part of the DeFilippo hire. Craig, how about you? And there, there could even be, just to piggyback off that, there could even be games in which it makes more sense to be a little bit more aggressive too. Yeah, and, then, yeah. and then some games, if, if you're controlling the, the flow of the game or you have a big lead early, you, you obviously don't have to be. Uh, one of the things that amazed me is that is I reviewed Philadelphia in addition to the fourth downs was the third and long conversions too. Oh yeah, Man, I mean they they led the NFL in time of possession and it, if if you convert fourths and you convert third yeah. and you shouldn't convert then uh, that's a, that's a big step in that direction. Yeah, and I think that uh, they either I think they they had a collaborative environment from everything I've read about uh, kind of the way that. Coach Peterson handled his staff and uh, kind of sorted through and he challenged assistants to come up with a better play than we have on Monday by Saturday, mm-hmm. you know. And, and so there was there was a great piece uh, by MMQB about that. And I think that that collaboration and 
we we accomplished so much offensively this past season, and and like just to just to be in the conversation with where we are with two of the best, uh, one of the best tandems at receiver in the league. The excitement at running back, mm-hmm. uh, improvements on the offensive line. So everything just centers around uh, the quarterback decision going forward. Then yeah. and the supporting cast, which is always so stressed about being good around the quarterback. Yeah. It's it's just so critical. Like, yes, there are quarterbacks that can uh say everyone jump on and I'll yeah. I'll I'll, I'll, t- I'll take you along for a bit, but with the supporting cast, the collaboration and the relative continuity on offense and to the staff, I feel like uh Shermer, coach Shermer was very collaborative with assistants here and I feel like the input that they were able to share will be encouraged again. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like it's it's not going to be an overhaul. It's a, what can we do to make this even better? Yeah. And there there are places where we can get better, obviously. And there there's a lot of things, though, that, that are going to be exciting to, to build on as we go forward. Yep. Got it. How about you, Chrissy? My big thing is I was chatting with Adam Zimmer, Vikings linebacker coach, yesterday. And the first thing he said is, I can't wait to go talk to him and see – what did they do in that game when we played them in the, in yeah. the NFC Championship? So I think it's going to benefit the defense as well yeah. to kind of have a guy there that that beat us. He's, that roasted he's one, us. He, yeah, he yeah. beat us yeah. in that game. And that was the worst that the Vikings defense has looked in my time here, that's for sure. Yeah. And it was pretty pretty amazing what and remarkable what they did on offense. Some of those play calls were unbelievable. So mm-hmm. um, the defense can benefit off of this as well, and we took – we took one away from the best team in, in the yeah. NFC and yep. the Super Bowl champions. So that's that's where I where I what I really look at. And another thing is he sounded great in his conference call the other yeah. day. Okay, we're, we're about to play that well. uh, f- for for the fans here uh, or just a bit of it. He he had some good things to say. He yeah. loves Dalvin Cook. Okay, which is really cool. Who well, doesn't? You, yeah, exactly. <laughs> who doesn't? Everyone listening does. Okay, well, you cut it up. So let's go to the sound right now. So the folks who haven't heard this yet, you're going to love it. The folks who have already heard it, you loved it, and you're going to hear it again. So this is going to be all good. Here's John D. Filippo. I, I couldn't thank the Will family, Rick Spielman, and Coach Zimmer enough for allowing me to be the new offensive coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings. It's a unbelievable opportunity uh, for me and, and my wife, Carrie, and we are so looking forward to getting up there and being a part of the Twin City community, uh, the Minnesota, you know, state community. And uh, we couldn't be more thrilled uh, to be to be a part of, of what we we know we want to experience, what we just experienced in Philadelphia uh, yesterday, which was was bringing a world championship home to the state of Minnesota. So I just wanted to start out by saying how excited uh, myself and my family are to be such a part of a special organization. Uh, Chris Thomas in St. Paul Pioneer Press. Congrats on the hey, job. Can you just can you just fill us in on kind of how it all came together yesterday? You know uh, when you met with the Vikings, and it seemed like it obviously came together pretty quickly. It did, and I'll tell you when you're there's. I had an opportunity this off season to go to a bunch of different places. Obviously, I interviewed for two head coaching jobs that went in another direction. Um, there were a few other opportunities to be an offensive coordinator. Uh, in the league, I'm not going to name names, but when the Minnesota Vikings want to talk to you, that, that's a whole different ball game. I mean, we just got done playing them you know, three weeks ago in the NFC Championship. Um, as an offensive coach, I've never been more on edge game planning for a defense than than them the last two years. 
Uh, obviously, we came out on top in those two games, but game planning against that defense and that team is, is, is not an easy thing to do. And so it was obviously a special opportunity to work, you know, um, for Coach Zimmer uh, and, and learn from him and, and, you know, work for another great head coach and another, and another opportunity uh, for myself to call plays. So all those things that I just said were, were made the job very, very appealing. Hey, John, it's Ben Gessling from the Minneapolis Star Tribune. Uh, I guess as, as you were going through this, um, as you start to go through this, how much of the Eagles offense do you expect to bring with you and how much do you think it will be from other places you've been? You know, I've been very fortunate. That's a great question. I've been very fortunate to be around a lot of really good coaches. At a fairly, I call myself a young, but I'll be 40 in April. Uh, at a very young age in, co- in the coaching world, uh, been you know exposed to a lot of different offenses. You know, the first thing we're going to do is sit down and, and and see what the Minnesota Vikings did well last year, because if if it, if they did something really really well and their players are good at it, there's no reason to change it. So we're going to take pieces from other places I've been, take take pieces from from Philadelphia, and at the same time, I mean. You know, obviously there are a lot of good things that the Minnesota Vikings did last year that we're, we are going to continue to do. So I, uh, I, we're going to mesh, you know, a bunch of different ideas and, and things that the players will be comfortable with, number one, and, and the coaching staff will be comfortable with, number two. Hey, John. John, hey. out of advice. Just wondering, you know, you've got some quarterback decisions to make. What, what sort of a quarterback do you like to, to work with your offense? Oh, that's great. Another good question. Uh, I'll tell you what. I said this in my interview, and I say this all the time. I said this in my media sessions in, in, in Minneapolis when at, at, the, at the Super Bowl. Um, character is number one for me. And I, if, you have, if you have character in this, at that position, you have a chance to succeed. If you don't have it, you have zero chance to succeed. So, number one, we're going to look for a person that's going to represent our football team the way and conduct himself the way we want him both on and off the football field. That's very, very important. Uh, number two, the three most important attributes of playing the quarterback position are decision-making, timing, and accuracy. So we're going to hide, heavily research into those three factors You know, with whoever's the quarterback next year in Minnesota and, uh, and, and, and really dig into those three areas. You know, and finally, is a guy that, that, that is, shows some form of leadership. You don't need to be a rah-rah guy all the time, but you need to show some form of leadership so other guys will follow you, look up to you, and when times get tough, we'll play for you. And so all those things I just mentioned are very important components in the quarterback position. And then just as a John, follow-up, how much athleticism play into it for you? I think that's, 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 that's part of it. There's no doubt. And athleticism is a a unique trait for a quarterback. There's different types of athleticism for a quarterback. There's guys like the Michael Vick types and those things. And then there's guys that have great athleticism, you know, moving their feet in the pocket to keep plays alive, to extend extend plays. So, you know, I'm not a big believer in quarterbacks that are a stick in the mud back there. You know, know, they're they're in cement back there at seven and a half yards deep. Um, so the, our quarterbacks are going to need to so, show some form of athleticism, yes. John, Chad Graff with The Athletic. Did you get any sense in your meetings with uh, Coach Zimmer or Rick uh, about how much say you'll have in helping select the next quarterback uh, this offseason? Uh, 
Yes, I did. And I'm going to have some say, and I'm going to have as, as, as much say as they want me to. Uh, I'm a team player. Uh, I'm going to, whatever they ask me to do in terms of researching the, the players that we're going to research, I'm going to leave no stone unturned. And, um, you know, like I said, we're going to, like we talked about last night, it's going to be a collaborative effort, something that we all agree on, because when, when it's divided, uh, you know, I've been through this situation before searching for Derek Carr and Carson Wentz. So I've had some experience in this, in, in this situation and trying to find, a, you know, your quarterback to lead your football team. So, as much or as little of my input as they want, um, I'll give them. But I know whatever information I give them will be very educated and very researched. Hey, John, it's uh, Dave Campbell with the Associated Press. Hey, uh, so could you just walk us through your day yesterday a little bit more? Uh, Super Bowl parade in the morning, um, you know, interview with the Vikings at night. What, I mean, just had to be one of the more whirlwind days you've had, including the Super Bowl. It was an unbelievable day. It was an unbelievable day. I mean, how many guys can say they participated in, in, in a Super Bowl parade in the morning and became one of 32 play callers in the National Football League that night? I mean, that's, that's a pretty good deal. You know? So, I mean, it's, uh, it was a whirlwind. Yes, it was a whirlwind that was 100% worth it. But I'll tell you, that was professionally and personally for my wife and I, I, I would say besides uh, – the day we got married, that was probably one of our better days uh, as a married couple. All right, the last thing on Filippo, we already have a Filippo tout. That's right. We yeah. already have one, Josh Andrews. Yeah, the Vikings made a roster move uh, at the beginning of the week. We, we signed an offensive guard, Josh Andrews, off of the uh, Philadelphia Eagles practice squad. He's 26 years old. Actually played at Oregon State University uh, alongside Mike Mike Remmers for a few mm-hmm. seasons there, um, so that that's a good um, familiar face for him. Um, yeah, he's a practice squad player for for the Eagles for four seasons, so he's definitely yeah. one of D. Filippo's guys. So okay, that, that was a solid move. Let's tee this up for Craig. Um, this is not a Josh Andrews centered question, but this is the position he plays as offensive line. So this is an offensive line centered question. Okay. Last off season, we saw a big overhaul. Mm-hmm. We drafted a center who wound up starting. Yeah. We signed two new offensive tackles who mm-hmm. wound up playing a ton of games. That's right. Reef and Remmers. So three new starters. Do you see that type of turnover and change this offseason, or do you see it to be a little less than that, Craig? Well, I think it's it's set up to be less than that, but I think that uh, you can always add depth and competition, especially this time of year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coach Steve Filippo would be very familiar with Josh Andrews from having him in Philadelphia yeah. and knows uh, what what he's been able to do. I mean, it's, it's no slight to – back up that offensive line. I think mm-hmm. they're one of the strongest ones in all of football. It's probably one of the top three, if not number one, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Against us, they look... And that's with losing their starting left tackle. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, so you, you like that, and I think that you're continuing to uh, uh, add depth. I mean, we do have two guys coming off injuries now with Nick Easton left guard and then Pat uh, getting hurt yeah. in the NFC Championship game. So mm-hmm. he'll have a recovery process as well. Um, so it'll be uh, critical with that. Uh, Joe Berger is kind of hinted that this past season might be his last, but you know, until it's official, right. then we, you know, right. we we still expect to see the the strong beard and yep. the the like uh, smile behind it, you yeah. know, and the little. I don't know. He just uh, there's a certain demeanor that he has 
off the field that uh, is just really enjoyable. Right. Yeah. Uh, of course, we'd love to have Joe back. Uh, we'll see if that happens. Um, whether he is back or not, the rest of the offensive line will be back and they will be protecting the quarterback, which is the next topic we're going to tackle here. Uh, our guy, Peter Schrager, one of our PR guys, Sam Newton's guy, Peter Schrager, very high on the Vikings. In fact, Peter Schrager says, Chris, that we are what? One quarterback away from the Super Bowl. All right. Which so they talked awesome. about it. Yeah, they talked about it. So we'll cut to that segment now, and then we'll, we'll give a little reaction. New Vikings offensive coordinator John DiPolippo said he will leave no stone unturned as he searches for Minnesota's next quarterback. So which quarterback do you guys think the Vikings should look for next year? Or is there somebody that we're not talking about? You put somebody on the map, Shriggs. I'm going to send it right to you in 60 oh, seconds. It's just uh, who's going to be a free agent, Kirk Cousins free agent, who's yeah. got $60 million in cap room, the, the Vikings. And to me, they're a quarterback away from being in the Super Bowl this game. Now, look, Case Keenum was tremendous. And I wouldn't be upset if they come back and go with Case Keenum. He did get them to that point, but Kirk Cousins to me is a mm-hmm. very intriguing option, and that's not out there. I'm putting that out there myself, just saying, hey, connecting the dots. Um, Coach Flip, he can do some things, and Kirk Cousins can really fling the ball, so I think that's a good match. To keep Case, they have to tag him. They have to pay a ton of money. I liked Case this year, too. I've advocated for them keeping Case. This is why you hired Filippo. This is the guy who was part of the search for Derek Carr, was part of the search for Carson Wentz. Skins on the wall. I think it's part of the hire. If it was me... I tried to keep Case Keenum. I thought he had a great year. There's a guy by the name of John who coaches my son. He was a young teenager who was in the locker room for the Minnesota Vikings when I was a rookie there. So it's crazy how full circle. Now he's coaching little Nate. I talked to him the other day. He's a diehard Vikings fan. Yeah. He said, we have to go Bridgewater. So every time around here, we talk hey. Vikings, and he's usually right. I feel like you got to give Bridgewater one more shot. you got three quarterbacks to choose from. I would hope that they could retain two of them and maybe mm. Bridgewater at a value, I feel like, because we haven't seen him in a long time. But then if you dangle Kirk Cousins and what he can do with some pieces around him, ooh-wee, we'll see mm. how that goes. And does Filippo? Let's go, Vikings. All right, so there, there they are, the three names that people are going to bat around. Now, I think there's going to be another one that people are going to start throwing around when it comes to the Vikings. And that's A.J. McCarron because he just won his grievance to be an unrestricted free agent. Everyone in the league thought he was going to be restricted, but he won a grievance, so he's unrestricted. So maybe we'll throw that name into the mix as well. But the one thing I don't think they talked about in this segment that we also need to consider is a draft pick. I mean, the Vikings are in the population of teams who could take a quarterback in the first two days. You know, and so that's a possibility as well. Now, we are not employed to give Zimmer and Spielman suggestions as to what they should do at quarterback. We are employed to analyze what they ultimately decide to do. But they haven't shared yet what they are going to decide to do. So we're going to give our thoughts maybe on on a little bit of everything here. Um, I don't think Bradford is out of the question either, by the way. So um, we're not here to tell you what's going to happen. We're here to tell you what could happen. And it's also a little bit dicey because some of these names are technically not available yet. And so teams, it's tampering for teams to talk about it or, or to, uh, to certainly to approach those players. So there's going to be, I mean, normally guys like qu- quarterbacks, they're, they're just not available. Like if you need a quarterback, you got, you got to get one in the draft. But th- this is one of those odd years where there are going to be three or four good ones that you can get and they can be yours if you're willing to pay for them so let's start with that how rare this is where there is actually a good market for quarterbacks out there craig yeah and like this viking situation is just so unique too Mm -hmm. like uh i 
just can't think of a, a time when you go to the NFC Championship and then have three quarterbacks with contracts set to expire and right. the big mystery of how many, if any, return. I mean, it's yeah. it's just unfathomable. But you are right with McCarron coming up and and Cousins. I mean, it's it's been widely reported that yep. both those guys are looking for opportunities to to play and. So it's it's going to be an exciting march. I'm, right. I'm really looking forward to the free agency frenzy. We'll do our best to keep everyone apprised of that yeah. on .com. Chris, you you update it religiously. Every, religiously. Every, it's fun. It's yeah. fun to do. Just look, tracking all the, the moves and stuff. We have that free agent tracker on the site, which we have galleries, videos, your interviews, Wabi, with, yeah. with whoever we sign. It's, it's, it's fun to do. So I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It's just normally – this is going to sound like I'm taking a shot at these guys, and I'm not. But I'm just trying to illustrate the point of how rare it is to have Kirk Cousins or someone like that available. Like, normally it's like you're super excited because you got Brian Hoyer. Yeah. <laughs> or Josh McCown. It's true. Well, it's the offseason of the quarterback. Like, that's like a big name to sign. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, Case Keenum was like like the – I think they, they – uh, Good Morning Football did like a bit on that where like the day we signed him, it was like the fifth storyline on NFL.com. Like <laughs> yeah. th- these guys are big-time legitimate names at quarterback who might be available. Sam Bradford, Case yeah. Keenum, Kirk Cousins. Like it's, it's, it's pretty rare. So you're right. It's going to be fun. And assuming we don't have a guy chosen by the Combine – what a great question we're going to be able to ask all the experts. We're going to have all these experts weighing in on this. Yeah. You talk about page views. There is. Yeah, it's going go. to be. The big thing for us always with, with tracking numbers on the site and this and that is, oh, we're going to take an offensive lineman in the first round. Yeah. That's not that's not clickbaity for, yeah. for our fans. And this offseason, man, it's going to be. I know we have the 30th pick, but. Man, there are there. It's a deep, deep quarterback draft. That's for sure. Even looking at some of the younger, um, some of the guys from smaller schools. Schools, I mean, like Mike White out of Western Kentucky is a name that we. There's a video on the site that we mm-hmm. just posted. Um, just guy. There's so many quarterbacks. Mason Rudolph at Oklahoma State, who's not, who's supposed to drop because he's like the third or fourth guy on the list. So, yep. um, yeah, there's free agents, but there's also guys in the draft that, that yeah. can, you can add depth there too. So It's going to be fun. Uh, I think we've also proven you can't have enough quarterbacks either. Right. So That's right. <laughs> yeah. And if you do make a splash yeah. in free agency, it's, it's uh, nothing to say that you don't take a look at one in the draft or uh, make another uh, mm-hmm. make a priority free agent. Yep. Uh, we did that with champions. Kyle Floater this past year. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... It's it's uh, going to be a really interesting march. Yeah, it will be, which is good. We yeah. like that. Uh, speaking of free agency, Chris, what do you got here? Free agency uh, update on the Vikings. Yeah, so like we said, the uh, the we keep track of all these moves on Vikings.com, um, reviewing our list of free agents. So we'll have the list of unrestricted as well as restricted free agents for the Vikings. So we're, we were talking about some of the players that are available from other teams, but now we're going to take a quick look at some of the guys that, that we're going to have to okay. decide who we can sign or re-sign or, or, or let go. So let's, let's do it this way. Um, let's You run through the list. Give us the list of everyone who's going to be a free agent. Cool. All right? And then we're each going to pick out one guy that's interesting on the list and, and explain why it's interesting. Sounds good. All right, so go through the list first. All right, so we'll start out with the unrestricted free agents. We have guard Joe Berger. Uh, quarterback Sam Bradford, quarterback Teddy Bridgewater, cornerback Tremaine Brock Sr., wide receiver Michael Floyd, defensive tackle Sharif Floyd, 
Kicker Kai Forbath. Defensive tackle Tom Johnson. Quarterback Case Keenum. Linebacker Emmanuel Lemur. Running back Jarek McKinnon. Cornerback Terrence Newman. Cornerback Marcus Sherrills and defensive tackle Shamar Stefan. That's that's a that's the list of unrestricted free agents. And then looking at the restricted guys, we have guard Nick Easton, running back Bishop Sankey, and guard Jeremiah Searles. So that's a it's a big okay. list of players. That that is a big list. Now it's not as big as some, but a guy like Joe Berger is a starter. Yep. Uh, you have all three quarterbacks, so one of them is a starter. That's two. Tom Johnson was a starter. That's three. I would say McKinnon played enough to call him a starter four. Same with Newman, five. Cheryl's is a starting returner, six. So really like six starters at mm-hmm. Shamar Stefan. It's like six and a half guys who play starting type of minutes. So it's not no free agents. It's not a million free agents. Yep. It's somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. So, Craig, when you look at that list, what's one guy that stands out to you that you're kind of um, going to have your eye on to see what happens with that guy? Will Terrence come back? Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, like he he played at a high level this year. He's so beneficial to have in this locker room. Has mm-hmm. taught so many of the younger guys how to prepare for a game, how to break down an opponent, how to watch tape, how to get the most out of those efforts. Because it's one thing if you just go in the room and put your time in, but if you're not taking away what you need to take away from those minutes, then it might not show up on game day. Yep. Um, and, you know, last year he, he was so convinced that we were going to be pretty close to, to making it to the Super Bowl. And, I mean, that is the thing that he wants more than anything yeah. in this world. I mean, he's the guy that has everything, you know. Yep. Um, yep. He's, he's, you know, just brilliant and had such a great career, is, has the respect of everyone, uh, but he wants that that ring and that uh, championship feeling. And, I mean, he's he's one of the most deserving players to at least get to that stage in the whole league. Yes. Agreed. Well don't, said. Don't get emotional on us, Craig. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I agree with everything he said. Though. I 100% yeah, agree. Valentine's is too, too close, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chrissy? And, yeah, just, just on that note, he did say he wants to come back in his radio interview uh, during Radio Row Week, which which was great to hear. Mm-hmm. So um, my guy is going to be uh, a tricky one. It's defensive tackle Sharif Floyd. Oh, okay. He has a lot of um, – he's had injuries a lot for the past couple of years. Um, so just keeping an eye on what happens there. Um, he hasn't been there for us, but when he played, obviously he was a big contributor on mm-hmm. defense. Um, that was Tom Johnson's spot and, Sh- and Shamar Stephan's spot. So kind of looking at that defensive tackle, um, three-technique spot is going to be a big one, especially in the draft as well. No doubt. Um, so seeing what happens there, I'm, I'm intrigued. by. Sh- I've, I've always been intrigued by Sharif Floyd, but um, we'll see what happens with that injury that he has. Yeah. I don't know. Mine's going to be a low-hanging fruit. I'm going to take Jarek McKinnon. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I think he's a guy that – other teams are going to want, but I think the yeah. Vikings want him too. And I know we have Dalvin Cook, but we just saw the Patriots and Eagles make the Super Bowl, and they each use three different running backs regularly. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Is it, that's fair to say, right? Yep. So, and really, the Patriots with Rex Burkhead, um, yeah. it's almost like four. You know, so um, I, you know, the the we've seen the running back position change from. You got to have the guy, and you got to give that guy a lot of money, and you got to give him thirty touches a game. To now, you don't need that guy; you need a bunch of guys. So the running back position is still valued; it's just valued differently. 
it's still a highly valued position. Yep. They contribute a lot. And um, and so I think it'd be great to find a way to get Jarek McKinnon back somehow if we could. Uh, he does so many things to help us, including on special teams. Mm-hmm. Plus, he's a great guy. He's a great guy to have around the team. I mean, Zim wants team-first guys. He doesn't want me guys. He wants guys who only care about football. I mean, and that's Jarek McKinnon. So there's some value to that, too. Yeah, and another guy I've had recently had a conversation with is our running backs coach, Kennedy Palomalo, who – literally looked like he transformed the game of Jarek McKinnon from last year to this year. And he, yeah. and all he ever said was, Oh, Jarek's like the best guy in the world. So, yeah. So, uh, and, and he, and he, what a season he had this right. year when Dalvin went down. So, you know, and so the fact that Dalvin is here and Latavius is here and you got the draft, like all that stuff um, is working against McKinnon's, you know, market value, but McKinnon can do a lot of things to help you. And that helps his market value. And I just like the guy. So I hope he's back. Proven hardly ever uh, makes an error. Yeah. E- excellent at uh, picking up blitzes. Yeah. Despite his size. Yep. yep. Uh, and I really. Uh, was impressed by the way he and Latavius kind of tag teamed the effort after Dalvin went down, but we also moved him from kick return. And I think he was just really starting to come into his own mm-hmm. in that role, but we wanted to take some snaps away from him in that and kind of reduce the yeah. the impact plays on him since he had more of a load in the offense. So yeah. that's that's another carrot. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, all righty, let's go to uh, – we have two more things to get to. Fan mail, that's going to be last. But, Craig, um, how about an Egan update? You know, we're going to move right. into this practice yeah. facility here in a couple weeks. Honestly, I haven't been there since um, – it, it must be a year since I've been there, honestly. Oh, I, drove, wow. I drove there for um, some event that we had there, but we already had enough people there to cover it, so I ended up coming back to Winter Park. Like, So I haven't really been there. I haven't been there either. I've been there once. (laughs) Craig, you've been there. I've been. You've also been been working on projects for it. Yes, exciting, yes. So not, you know, 10 minutes worth of an update, but give us us a quick update on what's up with Egan. Uh, Well, it's coming soon. Yeah, we're going to move in on uh, March 5th, and that's right around the corner. But Mm -hmm. uh, really cool project as we launch this new era of Vikings football is all the opportunities to honor our history mm-hmm. and like the distinguished accomplishments that that we've had through the years. Like we're, you know, there, there are going to be parts within the headquarters building that, that pay homage to that. And then a uh, really exciting project that's, that's coming this summer that the work is uh, already in on is going to be the Vikings museum, which will be just South of TCO stadium, which is on the, opposite side of TCO Stadium from our headquarters building. But that is going to be what we hope for all all of our fans that have been able to to go to the Vikings Voyage at U.S. Bank Stadium. We hope that that's just going to be like an even more immersive and inclusive and just almost like Vikings history overload type thing, but in an interactive way that really brings to life uh, past past glories and, and doesn't shy away from uh, a couple of the close calls we've had either, you know, mm-hmm. to, to completely tell the story of the Vikings. Yeah. Um, honor all the people that really supported the franchise. If you look and go back before Minnesota was even granted a franchise to, to show up for exhibition games to prove that Minnesota could support a team. And then the way that fans have just like our fan base is so amazing to me mm-hmm. um, for for the generations that that endured the yeah. the the days at the Met when the mercury wouldn't rise and yeah. then the the ones that made the the Metrodome a, a really 
uh, intimidating place. And then it feels like the dial just got just like totally taken to 11 for all of our spinal tap fans. When U.S. Bank Stadium was built. Yeah. So we have a great history and it's such a tremendous honor to try to help tell it. Cool. Yeah, it's an exciting um, time for the franchise. I mean, this is a franchise that, um, you know, built U.S. Bank Stadium, moved into U.S. Bank Stadium, hosted the Super Bowl, now is going into a new practice facility. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know what's next. We're going to host a draft or something. Yeah, I don't know. It feels like there's always, always something. We got something yeah. like I, big I, hanging over our heads at all, all we times. Weren't on the, uh, we weren't on the finalists for... 19 or 20 20, yeah yeah Yeah. right but you know down the road who knows before we go we have to give craig some homage here for what he's done for egan uh, over the past couple couple days and just looking at every single name of every vikings player and every record um to make sure everything's good to go for the new facility so that's pretty awesome do you have it all memorized (laughs) (laughs) it's funny what you do remember and what you don't remember um but no and and gotta give a shout out to both uh lindsey young and eric smith for their help in this role too um yeah the i mean it was important to the organization to recognize uh every player that's that's been active for a game here as well as uh every staff member that's ever worked here we also proofed that long list of names so um hopefully we we uh have it all ready to roll and and on and put on display and then uh i think uh hopefully our fans are gonna really enjoy that space all righty all right speaking of fans last thing before we go let's do this quickly because this is like the longest wobcast in history so far (laughs) which is fine that's good congrats and thank you to everyone who's still listening to the end of this podcast um this is one of my favorite parts fan mail what do you got chrissy all right here we go first one from mark martinez is he from Guam? Yeah, yeah. This is my man Mark from Guam. Honestly, who nice. emails regularly? That's I, excellent. Yeah, I've um, I love everyone who emails us because mm-hmm. we love the fan mail segments. Yeah. But when we get stuff from Guam and stuff <laughs> from like different parts of the world, it's the yeah. best. That's fantastic. Yeah. All right, here we go. Is it the best thing for our team or any team that the head coach is also calling the plays for the defense, taking time to call the defense? The defensive plays takes time away from coaching and vice versa. Um, doing and concentrating on one thing is better than one person doing two different things, says Mark. I, I think that there are many different ways to skin the cat, as they would say. I think, and, and this is even with like um, the same theory applies to coordinators who sit up in the booth or to coordinators who are down on the field. Like there isn't just one good way to do it, or else everyone would do it that way. It, it, it works mm-hmm. differently for different people. So to me. Zim calling plays or Mike McCarthy calling plays or Belichick not calling. To me, I don't really think it impacts the game for every team the same way. And I don't and and I do think that Zim has contemplated giving up play calling at times so he can focus on clock management and timeouts Mm -hmm. and challenges and all that stuff. But the thing that always gets lost in this whole thing about calling plays or not calling plays is that that play calling thing is just the tip of the iceberg of the game plan. They spend mm-hmm. Monday through Saturday together as a staff putting together the play call sheet and the game plan. That's where all the work is done, you mm-hmm. know? So it's not that this is an unimportant question. It's just that the play calling is just one little part of the game plan. And I, I think the number of years that Coach Zimmer has been a play caller, I mean, it, it's it's almost 
riding the bike. And I feel like when he first became a head coach, and he'd probably agree with this, not to put words in his mouth, but the in-game situations he's improved on. Because that I was the new has. part. And yeah. I think that you can see that he's improved. Yep. Next one from Kyle Alexander. I know there are a lot of opinions out there, and the offseason is long, but March 14th is right around the corner. Uh, that's the start of free agency. I think the main focus this offseason should be both lines. I know the quarterback position is clearly the most important position, but I feel if we shore up our offensive line, almost any quarterback can come under center and succeed with the playmakers who would be around him. Depth on both sides, I believe, are the two most important needs for the team this offseason, says Kyle. Again, not to over overdo this point, but let's look at the Eagles who won the Super Bowl. If you combine the talent on offensive and defensive line and do a power rankings, I think the Eagles are number one. Probably so. Yeah, I would say so too. Okay, so I guess it's important. Both uh, quality depth, especially on the D-line, yeah. the way that they could come in like hockey shift. And, yeah, they uh, won at the line of scrimmage yeah. consistently. Absolutely. They won 13 regular season games, and they won the Super Bowl. So, I mean – I, I guess you know I, I agree with Kyle. I mean, obviously you got to you got to figure out who's going to play quarterback for you. And you can't just put anybody. You can't put Chris Corso at quarterback. You know, I ain't going to hey, work here. Right? <laughs> Sorry, no offense. You can't put me there either. Yeah. So it does matter who the quarterback is, yeah. and that's the most important thing to figure out. But after that, I agree. It's it's the trenches. You got to win there. The fantasy era is a lot of fun, but every once in a while, we're all reminded that blocking and tackling are yes. still really important. Yes. You need to win in the trenches. That's where gotta it starts. Yep. Last one from Jeff. In my opinion, there have been two glaring omissions from the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Jerry Kramer's omission has been fixed. It's way past time to honor one of the most deserving players to ever put on a helmet and pads. Jim Marshall, he flat out belongs, says Jeff. I would love to see that. Oh, I hope so. I would love to see it. I don't think it's a 0% chance. I think there is some degree of chance that it happens. It's a long shot, but it could happen. And and. I'm sure most teams have a guy that they would be like, he's not in and he deserves to get in. And again, if we if if you let every team choose one guy from their franchise's this history, would be our guy. this would be our guy. And mm-hmm. then if you did a power rankings, I'm putting Jim Marshall in the top five. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see if it happens. What do you think? I mean, Greg? some of the listings top two, you know, just outside our building, you know, he's always listed among the top players not in the Hall of Fame. And yep. you just look at what he did for 19 seasons, 270 consecutive starts, never missed. Yeah. And just there, there are a few intangibles that are players who are in the Hall of Fame just continue to speak glowingly about. Right. Uh, and just such a class act, uh, just start to finish, still is. Uh, we were actually at his house the other day oh, yeah? uh, working on some stuff for the Vikings Museum. Cool. And uh, um, he had a beautiful bouquet of flowers delivered to to his house for his wife. And, uh, and Sue. And, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was it was one of the most beautiful bouquets ever. He, he recited a... a a poem or two. You can wow. tell he was getting in wow. on the Valentine's Better Day. Better man than me. I like him. I like him. <laughs> it's, it's unreal. Like, yeah, yeah. How can this well, guy do that? But, you know. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, just every every time I learn something else about Jim Marshall, I'm more impressed. Yeah. I've been lucky enough to go to five Hall of Fame weekends mm-hmm. um, to watch our guys go in and work and cover it. Um, and Jim Marshall belongs there. 
Yeah. You know, I, I just know when I'm on the grounds and I see these names of guys who are in, and it's like, yep, makes sense. Yep, makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. Jim Marshall would not catch your eye as like, oh, that's hmm, okay. Well, Jim Marshall. If Jim Marshall walked by, everyone would be like, in fact, some people would probably be like, he's not in. Right. You yeah. know. Yes. Yep. So like, this is not like a Vikings homer take. Like. Jim Marshall should be in, and he he's a Hall of Famer, I I, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he belongs there. So I hope it happens. Agreed. Yeah. All righty. Anything else to get to? My, my notebook's empty. You guys good? <laughs> I think we just about covered it all for all right. for an off-season yeah. Wobcast that we had going on, which oh, was great. We're going to get – oh, we didn't get into, into Filippo's nickname, Flip. Everyone oh, calls yeah. him Flip. I don't know if that's going to work here with Flip Saunders. <laughs> yeah, Lindsey Young is is so attached to T-Wolves here, and yeah. she's telling me I, I just can't, you know. I don't and know so, if that's going to work I was at the not. game last night, the, the Flip you were? ceremony. Oh, yeah, wow. I was there. Awesome. Against the, it was against the Lakers. Yep. It was a good game, and they did the whole – they unveiled the banner and everything yeah. like that. That was it was really cool. So we'll see if it works. Yeah, I don't know if Flip's going to work here or not. It's a great nickname. Well, but I we've hope already he works had, here. We've already had a Flip, <laughs> you know. So we'll see. Um, you know, if, if we win a Super Bowl and have a parade, you know, maybe you know we can have two. Maybe there'll be room for two flips then, huh? <laughs> two sides that? of every coin. That's right. And flip flips. That, that is such an appropriate Craig comment right there. Unbelievable. Because <laughs> uh, Flip Saunders' thing was was a coin. Yeah. And you knew That's that, right? right? Yep, Which yep, is why yep, you yep, said that, right? Yep. Okay. All right. <laughs> anyway, we've done enough damage here. This Wobcast is over. We're gonna have an interview with Dee Filippo in the studio next week, so I'm sure we'll play some sound from that during next week's Wobcast, and we'll have some reaction from that interview. Thanks. Craig for joining us this week. Thanks so much. You Enjoyed it. Man. Good to have you as always. Thank you, Chrissy, for all your work. And thank you everyone for listening. On behalf of Chris and Craig, this is Wobby signing off for now. The Wobcast is over. Have a good weekend. Talk to you next week. Oh, yeah.